Hey everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. If you haven't already, please be sure to check out our website, countrymusicmademe.com. There you can listen to all of our episodes and also sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content and also stay up to date on all of our upcoming guests. Just head over to countrymusicmademe.com and hit that subscribe button. You can also find us on any streaming platform. So if streaming is your thing, just head over to your favorite, search Country Music Made Me and give us a follow there as well. On today's episode, we are excited to welcome newcomer Priscilla Block. Now she exploded onto the scene in 2020 with her viral hit, Just About Over You. Since that time, she has signed a record deal, a publishing deal. She was nominated for the 2022 ACM New Female Artist of the Year, and she is about to hit the CMT Awards where she is nominated for Breakthrough Video of the Year. And to top it off, she is currently out on tour headlining her very first shows. It's been an amazing journey over the past two years, but it's a journey that actually began back in 2014 when she first moved to Nashville. So please enjoy our conversation with Priscilla Block. I literally just got home last night and haven't even had a chance to clean. So. Well, I was wondering if you were even going to be at home. I, I wasn't sure where the traveling was taking you and if you had time to go home between stops. I, yeah, I just got back um, last night from Rome, Georgia, and there's little time home, but it's been great. <laughs> That's awesome. And what does the traveling look like right now? Are you lucky enough to be in a bus or are you in a van traveling around still? We are, we're, we're grinding it. We're in what we call the church van and, you know, sleeping barely, um, but no, it's been great. One day I'll be in a bus, hopefully. Well, exactly. It'll come. You just have yeah. to pay your dues, right? Exactly. And what's it been like on a headlining tour? Because I've talked to artists in the past who talk about just the next level, because when you're supporting someone, you're just going there to hopefully gain some fans. But when it's your name at the top of the list, there's so much more pressure because it's your name that is drawing people in, right? Yeah. I mean, it is unbelievable. I I knew that it was going to be great. I didn't know how great it was going to be. I mean, the shows this weekend were insane. I I don't even have a voice because I was screaming with everybody. Like I, I got off stage and was jumping up and down, screaming with my band. We were freaking out. It's like, it's so special. The fact that people, yeah, they are, they're showing up for us. And, you know, it's cool that you can share so many more moments and so much more music with people when it's your own shows versus a 30, 45 minute set where you're going to crank out your best songs and get the crowd hype and then it's done. Now on Thursday, I believe you're performing at Eddie's Attic. And now I think I saw back in February of 2014, which was even before you moved to Nashville that you played there. Did I see that correctly? Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I went there one night for an open mic and um, and we're going back this next week and it's sold out. <laughs> <laughs> so what is that like, that full circle moment? How crazy is that? 
It's crazy. I mean, I was actually living out in Georgia at the time. And my sister was like, there's this venue called Eddie's Attic. It's like really famous. And a lot of people have played there. Like they have an open mic night. Like you should go and try it out. I'm like, all right, cool. So I was singing like one of the first songs I wrote. And then um, when we came back around to planning out the tour and Eddie's Attic was on the the list, um, I was like, this is going to be crazy. Just that full circle thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. And for this tour, you received a custom guitar, I believe. What has that been like? Oh my gosh. Yeah. River Song guitars. They have just been amazing um, to me and supported me. I, my, my guitar actually got smashed in the airport. Oh, really? And yeah. And it was like such a blessing um, that they sent me a guitar and they were like, hey, we actually would love for you to check out our guitar. And I was like, well, mine just got smashed. So this is perfect timing. And so I've been playing that throughout the past year. And, um, you know, he was like, hey, listen, like, we just want to congratulate you with everything. Like we went and made you like a custom like block party blue guitar. So getting up every night and playing that thing is just like, it's so cool. It's so me. Um, I was only going to play it for like one song and I just decided to use it the whole show. So it's cool. That's awesome. Talk about that evolution as a performer, because I believe I saw a post where you talked about your longtime roommate and band member, Sarah Jones, at one point sort of, suggesting or maybe telling you to put down the guitar and focus more on the performance side of things. And so how has that evolved for you over the years and especially into this tour? You know, I think that it was one of the best things that I ever did. Um, I didn't know, um, you know, my band is so invested in this and they have been with me since day one. So like, I remember Sarah had asked me, she was like, what is your goal here? And I said, I want to be an artist. And she was like, you need to learn how to perform. And um, she started playing guitar for me. And I, I literally put that guitar down for a year. And oh, wow. I think that it was, it, it's just like, there's one thing like playing a guitar and being able to sing your songs that you wrote, but being able to put that thing down and run across the stage and like, own that room and that stage and the crowd, I think it's really, really important. Um, and it was really important for me to, to get there. And, um, but now it's cool, you know, like we do both. I pick up the guitar and I play some of the songs and then I'm right back at like twerking on the freaking stage, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. And early on in your career, is the guitar almost something you hid behind as like a shield between you and the audience? Yeah. I mean, it's so easy. Um, I, I, for me, the guitar was like, it, it was a, it was a shield. Um, you know, I would, it's easy to kind of like just get lost in it with your head down. And for me, I didn't really know how to play guitar. So I was focusing more on like making sure I was playing the right notes versus just like singing. Right. Um, so yeah, like it definitely, um, it, it, it made me hide a little bit. And um, when I was able to really focus on just performing, um, that's just a whole nother world. Yeah, for sure. And this journey you've been on, I want to talk about the craziness that has been the past two years. But on Country Music Made Me, we also like to follow the journey of how you have gotten to this point in your career. And I wanted to ask first about your mom, because I've 
heard you talk about her as being the singer in the family, like the, the one singer. And I think you mentioned she plays guitar. So in your early years and to now, how has she influenced this journey for you? You know, my mom is like my biggest supporter. I mean, she, she never pushed music on me, but really encouraged me to like pick it up. And, um, you know, I, I think that maybe it was something that she always wished that she would have done. And, um, you know, she was saying when I did my Opry debut, she was like crying and she was saying this whole moment, like with me and everything working, she was like, I finally realized later on in my life that dreams actually come true. And, um, you know, I think it, it was obviously my dream to do this, but like my mom had that dream too. And so it's like me living out both of our dreams, which is really awesome. Um, but you know, she's just, she's such, she is my biggest fan. I mean, we were at the show this past weekend and my mom came out to Huntsville and she was moving the crowd. She was like, I am the mom. I am getting, people were like, who is like, why are people, you know, getting, you know, trying to get to the front of the line. People were right. kind of, pissed. and then she was like, I am the mother. I am the mother. And like, it was like parting the red sea. Like she just <laughs> went straight to the front and everyone was like, yeah, she is the mom. Let her, let her have her moment. So it's cool. It's she's amazing. That's awesome. And along this journey, your brother, who I believe you've mentioned in the past was sort of your concert buddy growing up. And then also your sister, Crystal, who has been along on this journey. What have they meant? You know, gosh, like I am a family girl through and through. Like I'm so close with my family. Um, me and all my siblings are best friends. And um, it's just, I think having my, my family a part of this is all that I want, you know, like it's, it's just so much more special when you can share this with the people that have believed in you since day one and the people that saw the hard days and were there to pick you up through all the, you know, um, it, it's cool. And like having my sister my sister's on my management team. So oh wow, ha having her there, um, I think that nobody gets you more than family. And, um, I think it really keeps me grounded and, um, she's able to be like, no, this isn't Priscilla. She's not doing that. Like, cause she knows me. Right. Yeah. And I believe she was there when you first moved to Nashville, what was it like to have her there and not just have to go on your own? It's, I mean, it's great as she, she's way smarter than I am. So, you know, just having her like come out to Nashville and she was probably like, what is she doing because I'm literally going to like Craigslist roommates houses and like looking at a bedroom that I can sleep <laughs> in. so it was good you know um but now she lives out here so it's kind of like I don't know it's crazy just how life works and what were those final hugs like when you moved from home to Nashville considering how important family is for you I mean it was awesome like you know it's it's obviously sad and scary but like they're like, all right, she's, she's going to go do it, you know, and, and having that support of everybody was just, it's awesome. And what age was it? You started writing at 12. So was that really when this dream of moving to Nashville kicked in? Um, you know, I, I, I sang like my whole life. Um, I really started, I feel like writing when I was like 15 and, oh, okay. um, 
I don't know, like Taylor Swift was the girl doing it at the time that made me feel like I could do it. And um, she was just this young girl taking over country music. And I, I really do think that she played a big part in like why I felt like I could do it and why I felt like I needed to move to Nashville. I mean, I would study up on like, how is she making this thing happen? And, um, you know, I, I was like, wait, when I found out that I could actually write a song, I was like, okay, this is really cool. Like I might be able to take this on as a career. And then you start getting positive feedback from people that are like, wait, you're actually really good. Um, it just, it gave me the confidence to be able to go and do it. And, um, I think honestly, once the songwriting started, I knew that Nashville was it. And there was a musician, Johnny Orr that you were playing with back then. What did he mean for this journey? Oh my gosh. He, he was awesome. I mean, he would give me a stage to sing on when his band would sing back in North Carolina and I'm this little girl and he'd let me hop up and sing, um, a few songs during a set and was just always so, um, I don't know. He just, he was always rooting for me and it was, it was really awesome. Um, you know, and I remember he was like, Priscilla, like, I always wish that I would have moved to Nashville to do it. Like you go do it, you know? Um, so it was awesome. I mean, he, he like taught me my first chords on guitar and ever since then, it's just, he's, he's been such a champion. So it's awesome. And you have had a chance to step out on the Opry stage. Now, when you've had that opportunity multiple times now, growing up, did you know what the Opry was or was it not till you moved to Nashville where the importance of that venue came to light for you? I no, I mean, I always knew what the Opry was uh, when I thought of like, when I think of Nashville and like you think of the Grand Ole Opry, I mean, it's, it's iconic. If, if that's, if you know about country music, you know about the Opry and um, yeah, it just, it had always been such a dream of mine. So the fact that I've played it like a couple times now is just un unreal. What was it like the first time stepping into the circle? I blacked out. I don't Did even you? know. I, yeah, I, I wish I had this like crazy, like moment where I just, I, I don't know. I literally, I stepped into it and I think that like, I thought I was dreaming and walking off. I was like, wait, that wasn't a dream. That was actually real. Can I actually go do it again? Like it was, it happened so fast and it was just, I mean, definitely a highlight moment of my life. And now before you moved to Nashville in I think it was 2012, 2012-ish. You had a couple of songs, One Sided Glass and Forever Was Just a Lie. Now talk about those songs and sort of how they have influenced this journey. And when you look back on them, what place they hold within you at this point in your career? Man, you've really, you've dove deep. Uh, I mean, you know... It, the first songs that you write are the the songs that you write and those early days of songwriting I mean that was me just writing my life and, and my diary and and it still is you know um but the you know those two songs was when I kind of realized that man like I actually might be able to to take this on as a career and is there a point where you felt like you came into your own with songwriting 
where you actually felt, okay, yes, this is the type of music that I want to be writing if I want to have a career in country music? Uh, yes. When I wrote Thick Thighs, um, it was a very pivotal moment for me. Um, I remember, like, you know, when you come to Nashville, you write songs like the ones that you love. And starting out as a songwriter, I mean, that's, I didn't know how to write songs. I was just writing kind of like the style that I liked or I kind of wanted to be Taylor Swift. So I felt like my songs were very Taylor Swifty. And But when I wrote Thick Thighs, it was just a big moment um, that I felt like I finally said something that nobody else had said. And um, it, I remember the first time I played it live, people lost their sh- And I remember Sarah and my drummer, Joe, we like went back that night and we were like, holy crap, Thick Thighs was the highlight of tonight. And it just, I don't know, it was just a moment where I was like, this is cool. Like I am now doing something that's different. Right. And what year did you write that? 2018, maybe. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, no, I think it it definitely changed the way that I wrote songs because then I wanted to start trying and like really like channeling my me being a hot mess. Like, why can't I, if I, if I got thick thighs, why can't I sing about it? If I got, you know, it just made me start really like writing to like who I am. Right. And that message of accepting yourself for who you are. When as an individual on an emotional, a personal level, did you really find yourself accepting that and stepping into that? You know, I think it's probably around that same time. Um, you know, when you can unapologetically be yourself and people actually like it, um, that's kind of like, I don't know, it, it, it's a confidence booster. It's, um, it was just everything that I was kind of needing. When you're getting into a career in music, I mean, you're being judged on everything. You're being judged on your looks, on your music. And I talked to so many artists who have the insecurities, but still they decided to chase this career. And so the first few years in Nashville, were there times where it got to be too much? Honestly, I've never... I don't know. I mean, I think that there's at the end of the day, people are going to judge you all the time. Like I was judged back in high school and like, I don't know. I kind of just stopped giving. Right. When I moved to Nashville, like, you know, it's immediately people are like, what's she doing? Where's she going? Is this thing going to work out? I really, I just stopped caring what people thought. And, um, there wasn't moments that I felt like, um, the judginess of like Nashville was too much or anything. Honestly, it was just, life was hard. Like I could barely pay my bills and I could barely um, get by. That was the hardest part. It wasn't that I ever felt like I wasn't enough. If TikTok wouldn't have happened, if the world hadn't have shut down and you would have kept grinding along, where do you think your headspace was headed? You know, I, I've always really believed in myself and I knew that, like I said, I felt like I was saying something different and, um, I've, I've always felt like I was made, made for this. Um, I would have just kept doing what I'm doing, you know, 
keep, keep the grind going, playing at the bars, playing where anybody would let me. Like I, um, I knew that this was going to happen. I truly like believed in myself that hard. Um, I didn't know that it was going to happen when it did. Just about over you, you release sort of the demo, just acoustic guitar. And then fans really came for that song. They started a fundraiser on TikTok so you could record the song and then you release the song. Now, along that journey, what was the point that kind of caught you off guard? Like, oh, wow, like this is actually happening. I do, you know, when, when the crowdfunding thing started on TikTok, that was a feeling like, whoa. I mean, people care this much. It was very eye-opening. Right. And before that song dropped, there was a feeling in my heart that I knew that something was about to happen. I did not know that it was going to be that crazy. Like, you know, I'm going to sign a record deal and my life is just going to explode. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was really the day, the day that that song dropped and I'm sitting at number one on the iTunes charts when honestly, I kind of forgot about the iTunes charts. I didn't realize that people still bought music, to be honest. And so that moment where it's me, Nicki Minaj, Harry Styles, like, I don't know. I just, I was like, all right, here we go. And that was when every single label started calling. Yeah. What was that process like? How many labels were calling? Like how often was your phone ringing at that point? Oh, it was off the hook. I mean, you didn't like, and I'm not just talking Nashville, like out in LA, New York, like we, can we fly you out here? Like it was the craziest storm you could ever imagine. Um, uh, but, but awesome. You know, I, I had a lot of leverage going into those meetings. How were you able to process it? Because you're on this journey that's been quite a few years going. And then all of a sudden, like a switch, you have label after label after label calling you. It has to be overwhelming. So how were you able to keep a level head? Honestly, like just the support of my my family was everything. You know, I mean, you can't, you can't describe the feeling. I honestly was scared. Like I... I was never the girl running towards a record deal and I didn't um, I've heard horror stories about people signing their life away and regretting. So I was very um, it was good that I kind of had that in my head already um, because it wasn't like, Oh my God, I can't wait to sign a record deal. This is going to be amazing. Like I was, I was pretty like logical about it. I was like, all right, here's what's on the paper. Also, like, who wants, who's asking me, like, about my other songs? Because that's my career. You know, it's like, I was, I just didn't want any part of like a one song deal or like someone to be like, this song is it. Because I've been working so hard and so long in Nashville. I wanted to make sure wherever I went, um, people saw a huge career. Right. And within that, within the label support, you hear, like you say, so many horror stories of people signing their life away. And I feel like that was sort of what it was like, you know, five, 10 years ago when people talk about it. But nowadays, it really does feel like the labels are becoming more 
artist focused and allowing the artist to do what they do and not try and change it, not try to lead them in some different direction. Is that what you found throughout those meetings were a lot of labels supportive of you as an artist and allowing you to do what you do? Yeah, you know, I think that people, I mean, honestly, if I were to be signed a minute before when I was, um, I don't think I would have been ready. And I was so secure with who I was as an artist. And I think that that makes it a little bit easier um, right. It for, for them to believe it, to see it, to truly get behind it and not want to change it. Um, because I am who I am. And like, they saw that. But like, if you would have asked me, like, when I first moved to Nashville, I still didn't know who I was. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, I do think that it's changing a little bit. But I think it really came down to like me knowing who I was as, as an artist. Right. And you've talked about your, your love of songwriting. And so being able to sign a publishing deal, where did that stand within a record deal and a publishing deal? Are they sort of just as exciting as one another? Yeah, I mean, I, all in all, like my goal and with everything, like I want to be an artist, like that is what my dreams are. And I want to be a massive artist. Um, but the songwriting was like my first love, you know? So it's really cool that, um, you know, we were able to, to sign a, a publishing deal. And again, the same thing where um, they believed in me as a songwriter. Um, it's just, it's more validation. It's like, you know, this girl can actually write songs. Right. And now in 2020 is when, you know, TikTok really started to explode. And it feels like, especially in 2020, if you exploded on TikTok, you were a viral sensation and you were kind of lumped into this group of TikTok stars. And so as we've moved along now, sort of two years removed from that big boom, do you find there's a divide between, you know, being a country artist and being a TikTok sensation? Or do you find it sort of blending into being able to go on TikTok and promote yourself, but be seen as a country artist? Yeah, um, I think that I, I really don't shy away from my story at all. Like TikTok blew my career up. And um, I think that this story is, is proving itself that maybe they're like, you know, people might call it a TikTok artist, but um, I think that I'm changing that narrative a little bit, you know, it's like, no, she's actually an artist, you know, it just, it just happened this way that this was the platform that actually works. And, um, you know, I was able to create so many fans that are literally showing up every single night at my shows and like that right there, it's like, yes, it might be a digital thing, but if you can move that over, like, I think it's working. And so when you heard your song on the radio for the first time, like how different is that? Because you obviously hear it on streaming and you hear it on socials. But when you hear that on the radio, how does that change things? I mean, it's everything that it, it, it'll never get old. Um, I, I've said this before. I'll never be the girl that turns off the radio if I'm playing. Like I crank that 
it up so damn loud. I let everybody around me know that that's me on the radio. Like I am so proud of it. So it's just, it's awesome. And within this journey, it's been a few years in the making that all of a sudden, you know, just in 2022 here, I'll run down the list of sort of accomplishments that have happened. So you release an album, it hits stores. You're on three billboards in Nashville. You're on a billboard in Times Square. My Bar is the most added song to country radio. Your ACM award nominee for new female artist of the year. You're on the ACM carpet doing interviews. You get to interview Dolly Parton during that process. You're on Ellen. You're on the Kelly Clarkson show. You were just overseas in the UK. I mean, as this all is happening, it's been so many years that you've been dreaming about this. And then to have it explode all of a sudden. Is it overwhelming at all? Or because you have been dreaming about it for so long, you're ready for when it comes? I think it's a mixture of both. You know, I'm ready. I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, it is overwhelming. You know, you're like, holy crap, here we go. And I'm just, I try and soak in any moment that I can. Um, it's, it's been a whirlwind. And one of the things I didn't mention on that list that we need to talk about is the CMT Music Award for Breakthrough Video of the Year that you're nominated for. What does that mean? It's no, it's crazy. I mean, I grew up watching like CMT every single day. I would wake up early in the morning to watch the music videos. And the fact that just about overused nominated is unreal um I love CMT they've just been so amazing to me so it's I can't wait I'm so excited I'm so excited and I did mention your album hit stores in 2022 let's talk about that album talk about the songs like you mentioned Thick Thighs was sort of like 2018 when you wrote it so this collection of songs does it span sort of 2018 to now and throughout that entire period yeah um yeah, I mean, some of the songs I wrote years ago and some of them were more recent. Um, you know, it's it's just like, like I said, it's like, it's kind of just the whole, the whole album is a girl navigating her life through her 20s. And um, all these songs are as real as it gets. I mean, they're my life, whether I'm a train wreck um, or singing about thick thighs or whatever it is, like, um, they're, they're very me. And how important is that for you to mix in the fun songs, but also those emotional songs and be able to toe that line between both? It's just, I mean, it's awesome. Like, you know, I feel like being able, you know, I, I co-wrote all these songs. Um, so I think that it just, it makes it all, um, just that much more special and it it's cool and because you're picking from songs from such a, a broad time period was it difficult to sort of craft this album being your debut album and you want it to tell a story of who you are as an artist so what was the process like of navigating that process and picking the songs you wanted 
It was so fun. Um, you know, I just, I just went and picked my favorite songs. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, it was cool because, you know, a lot of the times, um, you're planning an album out. So you're writing for an album, you're writing for the project and right. that's just not how this happened. It was me writing my life and then I got to put together the album. Um, so that is cool. Like, I, I think that this, this album will be like one of the most special times to me because there was no pressure to get it done at a time or anything like that. Like when I signed my deal, they were like, Are you, uh, do you need to go write songs? I'm like, oh no, I'm ready. Like I've been ready, let's go. And so what does the process look like now? Because you've signed a publishing deal, it makes you busier as a songwriter. So do you have to make sure that you're finding time to write songs for yourself as well throughout this process? Yeah, um, I think that there's just creative times. Um, you know, right now I'm really focused out on being being on the road. Um but I have so many songs that I'm really excited about. And um, I hope that I can just stay an album ahead at all times. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Cause yeah, lots of people talk about it. It's like the debut album is a lifetime in the making. And then when you get to the sophomore album, like you say, maybe there's a little more pressure because all of a sudden you're writing within a certain time period. Yeah. No, I mean, I, Hey, if, if they were like, let's go to the studio tomorrow, like I'm ready. And so what do the next, you're on tour right now. So when you jump off tour, like, is your life sort of scheduled now that you're becoming busier? Is it like, okay, we're going to jump off the road. Then we're going to go in the songwriting mode and this and that. Or are you just focused on the tour right now and not planning too far ahead? Right now I'm taking every day at a time. I mean, it is wild. Um, you know, I'm, I'm touring, I'm out doing radio stuff. I'm writing, I'm like, there's so much going on. Um, so it's like, I, all I can do is like, I look at my calendar the night before and be like, okay, what's tomorrow? Like I just have to stay in each day. And, um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely like, we're trying to figure out like how all of that, but you know, it, 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 it has happened so fast that I'm just like saying yes to everything. And in a million places at a million different times, like, it's just, it's wild. And you mentioned your band has been here basically for the entire journey. Sarah, I believe is someone that you moved in with. Was it right away? Was she your very first roommate? The very first place you moved into when you moved to Nashville? No, I, I had Craigslist roommates and then, oh, okay. um, and then me and Sarah moved in with each other, I think back in 20, um, 2016. Okay. So, and then my drummer moved with us and we lit, we all lived together for like on and off like four years. Um, so my, I mean, my band is my family and we have like all been through so many different phases of life. Uh, but it's cool. And so how important is that for you to have that comfortable setting on stage and have band members that you've known for so long? It's awesome. I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else. Um, you know, actually somebody at my label saw the show this weekend and she was like, it blows my mind how much fun your band has on stage. And I was like, because they want it. Right. Like they're not, 
my band is not just hired guns. Like they believed in this, they believed in me and they wanted this just as bad as I want it. So it's so cool to have them on this ride. And I think it makes every single moment just that much more special. That's amazing. And so is there a plan for new music and singles off of this record? Or are you now looking towards new material and singles that maybe people haven't heard yet? You know, we're trying to figure that out. Um, I think that there's a lot of single options from this album. Um, So we'll see, you know, uh, my bar is top 50 right now on country radio. So that's super exciting. And um, as that moves, I feel like we'll figure out kind of what's next, but again, just taking it day by day, I'm ready for new music. Um, I don't, I'll never stop putting out music. Yeah. And as far as life getting busy, you talk about the TikTok and, and not shying away from your story, but now that you're getting so busy, how does it work with separating your time between making sure you're visible on social media, but also you know, not letting it take up so much time that it's taking away from all the other craziness that's within your life. I don't know. I just try to not put a lot of pressure on myself. You know, um, I obviously, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just record videos whenever something's funny or whenever, like, I'm like, Oh, this is cool. People would like to see this. I do that. And, um, but there's definitely like time is now way more limited than it was before because, social media was my full job, full-time job before everything happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, just, just trying to not put a lot of pressure on it. Thank you once again so much for listening and thank you to Priscilla for stopping by and sharing her story. Be sure to check out her debut album, Welcome to the Block Party, wherever you stream your music. Please also check out our website, countrymusicmademe.com. There you can listen to all of our episodes and also sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content and also stay up to date on all of our upcoming guests. Just head over to countrymusicmademe.com and hit that subscribe button. You can also find us on any streaming platform. So if streaming is your thing, just head over to your favorite, search Country Music Made Me and give us a follow there as well. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Country Music Made Me.